All right. This is the Conversation Cannabis and Christianity podcast. My name is Miguel Torres, and I'm your host. And our special guest is Nikki Lawley, Nikki and the Plan. This is part two. Nikki was just talking to us about after her event as a pediatric nurse where she was hit in the head by a child refusing to take a shot, hit the back of, in the front of her head, the back of her head hit the wall and then hit the child's head again. And now she's to a point where she can't count change for purchases and she's losing the ability to do things that she has been very good at her whole life. And she's in Las Vegas. She's in a hotel room with her husband. And, and of course, there's a lot of advertisements because that's how that's how we get screens. <laughs> and mixed in with all of the escort advertisements was a medical marijuana card. Get it here in Las Vegas. And out of almost like a, yeah, whatever, it's not going to help. But might as well go try because I don't want to sit here any longer. Your husband said, let's go give it a shot. And you did. And that's where we're at. And you know what? It was that moment that let there be no doubt. It was a universe epiphany, if you will. It was a true universe moment because I was ready to die, Miguel, like literally ready to jump off that balcony. And so it kind of forced me to stop be a little cynical, be a little sarcastic, and then mention it to my husband. And he's like, absolutely, let's go. And so we go to the place where you get the card first. And it wasn't a real fancy place, but they give you like a info sheet to fill out. And being a nurse, filling out forms was pretty much a daily occurrence. But yet when it came to me filling out my own form, it was a total nightmare. It was an absolute, I couldn't remember my address. I couldn't remember my allergies. I couldn't remember what drugs I was taking. And as a nurse, this is like not something you forget. And I'm like three months post-injury and I'm crying as I'm filling this form out. And the lady's like, honey, it's okay. Don't even worry about all that. We're going to give you the card. And I just was like, but I'm a nurse. I, I need to fill this out like accurately if the doctor sees it. You know, it, this perfectionist in me was coming out and it was anything but perfect. So I get the card, I go to a dispensary and the dispensary experience was next level overwhelming. Um, they had all these different products and I didn't know a gummy from a pill. You know, I mean, I had never been to anything like this. And it was literally like, what do I get? Like, I have no idea what to get. I'm like a basket case. What's not going to fry my brain, <laughs> you know, <laughs> was sort of my attitude. And I literally asked the bud tender that I'm like, what is not going to fry my brain? He's like, None of this you know, you know what I think of when you say that I think of the 1980s dare to keep your kids off drugs and they have a frying pan that's got some grease in it or some oil in it. And then you see a, an egg, thrown in there and it just crackles and pops and it's like this is your brain on drugs ah you know and that's what i thought of because you know that's exactly what i thought that's of. what i kind of <laughs> thought maybe you were thinking of too you know <laughs> i was there i mean that's when the billboard drove by that was exactly what i saw um in in my mind and then 
going to the dispensary, this 20 something year old kid literally is giving me pretty much a little everything. Um, he gave me flour for joints and, you know, I go home, we get back to the hotel and I'm so overwhelmed. I'm so, the pain is just undescribable because sense. I mean, if, if it was, if you're crying all the time in the memory, in the memory of things that you do daily is gone, but you still know who you are. That's a pretty scary place to be. Really. I mean, when I start thinking about what you're describing, it's like, yeah, I know who I am. I know who you are, but I can't tell you what I'm supposed to take today because I don't remember. And I don't know how to fill out this form because I don't know the answers and I can't do it unless it's going to be all the way right. That's a pretty scary place to be. And I think a lot of people can relate to that from some experience or not in their life, whatever you want, whatever it was, people can relate, I think. Well, I can just tell you from my experience that the judgment and the stigma, as we were talking about earlier in my MJ Unpacked, all of that still was playing a major role in my head. And um, I tried all the gummies. I tried all the various things. Nothing was working that I ate, that anything that required first pass digestion. But then my husband's like, why don't you try one of those joints? And so I did. And Miguel, that was the first time I walked out of my hotel room, like willingly. Um, It was the first time I was able to go eat in a restaurant that whole trip. And I expected, like, it was just such a weird thing. Like, I'm like, did the pot help me? Or am I just like- You're trying to make sense of it, like trying to sort it out. Could have been that. Could have been that. I I still have the headache, but it's no longer consuming every aspect of my brain. If that made any sense, it does make sense because some headaches you can ignore. You can you can there are there's some headaches you can ignore. You go yeah I got a headache right yeah I'm kind of a little cranky. You can see somebody might be getting a little cranky you know, but they can function and you know you're gonna get some you're gonna get daily activity that isn't far from the norm of what that person what you expect from that person. And then there's headaches where you're just like, whoa, that person's in pain. That's a whole nother level. And, whole even- other level. and so I then experienced this sort of profound experience of being able to go interact with people. Like I'm thinking, wow, maybe I just need to get some more of this pot in New York. Like, And you, and you wanted I- to, right? I'm guessing you wanted to, like you, you felt like, yeah, I want to go do this. I right. want to learn more and why did this work compared to all the edibles and stuff that didn't work that was supposed to work so and- the reason why i bring up the, the though i said you wanted to is why i asked that is because sometimes we just kind of you know sometimes people are like they need a prodding like oh, i want you to go just go give it a shot give it a try and that was kind of like yeah i went out and did that and they're like okay i i can be social on this and sometimes it's that and sometimes it actually makes you want to go do it that's what i'm saying it's gonna it can be different for other people you it actually made you want to go out and do it and i think that's really cool because sometimes that's what makes me want to go out and do but my point is is that within i'm like how much how much of a time frame was that between the time that you smoked it and the time that you were like you know what i feel like going out and doing this 20 minutes that's what i'm talking about 20 minutes, right? 20 minutes, 20 minutes, 20 minutes. And, and you then- actually felt like going out to do something. You were just crying, unable to do anything. Simple thing. Exactly. And now, now that, that's what I'm getting at. Like, 
after dinner or whatever it was. It, it wasn't like your husband said, okay, you smoked and let's go, you know, let's go try to get it. Let's hmm. go try to get a bite to eat, you know, just give it a shot. Come on, let's see if you can handle it. It wasn't anything like that. That's why I pointed that out. Cause it, that's why, that's why I wanted to ask if that was, is that what you wanted to do? Or is that kind of. It, I was scared. I'm going to be honest. I'm like, oh, well, yeah, I understand that completely. Ask, how long is this going to last? Am I going to be able to actually make it past the elevator? you know, once we go down, you know, but I was optimistic because I wasn't crippled, if you will. I mean, I didn't have any physical ailments that I should be crippled, AKA disabled, but I was paralyzed sort of with fear because every drug I took had a worse side effect or had something going wrong with it. And so, and they obviously weren't working. They weren't, they were messing me up way more and way more. And like the thought of killing yourself doesn't naturally occur to most people. Like I was ready to do it, Miguel. I was, I, I mean, believe you. that's a lot of pain. God, the hell with any of that. It was literally, I'm done being a burden. And so to have this huge reverse of just being able to go out to dinner now. And like, I talked to the waiter and this is my wife. I've been telling you about my husband says to the waiter and he's like, wow, I heard what happened to you. How crappy is that? And, but wow, you look so good. And, and I'm like, look, you don't got to say all that, but thanks. <laughs> thanks for the niceness, but I know I don't look good. Um, just because I was still so you know, I hadn't taken a shower in three yeah. days, you know, I mean, I was depressed. So I expected to come back to New York the next day and go get my medical marijuana card, just like I did in Las Vegas. That plant gave me hope that day in Vegas, but it didn't cure me. I still had the pounding headache. As soon as the cannabis wore off, I still had the cognitive issues. I still had the anxiety and the depression, but they I had that glisten of hope. I had that glisten of sort of normalcy. So when I came back to New York um, in January of 2017, so like we're five months into the injury, four months, whatever. And I discovered, guess what? Chronic pain, PTSD, anxiety, depression, any of the things that were plaguing me were not eligible in New York state as approved conditions. So then that whole hopelessness, that whole feeling of, oh, well, that was just a little panacea and didn't really work. I just, I got right back into that cycle, that hellish, vicious cycle of you're not worth anything. You're never going to amount to anything. You're just, everything is wrong with you and nobody believes you. And so then you start thinking, you know, is it all in my head? Like, am I really not like nothing's really wrong? How can it not show this huge black spot on my MRI? Like, how can this people tell me that I'm okay when I'm so not? And so the depression set back in with a vengeance round two. And so then there were more deathly drugs and just cold, quit cold turkey on this drug, quit cold turkey on that drug. Oh, you're allergic to that one. So let's just give you some anti- uh, inflammatories for this. And, you know, I got cataracts because I was on such a high dose of steroids. So there were lots of side effects from the pills that the doctor prescribed. And so 
I was posting some pretty dark things on social media. Like I was on Facebook at the time and I, you know, every so often we'll see these memories pop up in my feed. And one of the memories was, I can't believe I'm still here. I can't believe I can't get, find any hope. I finally, I found some weed and that seemed to help at one time, but now I don't have access to that. One of my friends in Canada saw that and they said, Hey, we've got weed here. Why don't you come up here and try it and see if it works for you the same way it did in Las Vegas. So I was like, what do I have to lose? I mean, I couldn't drive really without relying 100% on my GPS. Like, and then I would even question it like, oh no, you're going the wrong way, Mr. GPS. <laughs> and then I'd wind up completely lost. Um, but I ended up doing that. I ended up becoming a medical cannabis refugee in Ontario. Uh, these friends took me under their wing and they got their medical card and I started trying different strains. I started trying different products and they were all tested by the Canadian government. Like they literally would order it on a website and it would show up at their door two days later. <laughs> I was like, this is a system. And so, <laughs> you know, I was like, this it is, is not awesome. in California. It's somewhere else. <laughs> it's, it's in Canada, you know, and it was just the coolest thing because they had a very robust medical program back in 2017 and 2018. And so I learned so much there. And then I started going to events there. And then I found this app, okay, like a journaling app where you could actually record your experience of how the plant made you feel. The first thing I had to do was understand what am I treating with cannabis? Like, I can't just say brain injury because what symptoms am I actually trying to manage with this plant? Yeah. And so I honed in on chronic pain of my head and neck. I honed in on anxiety and depression. And I also honed in on cognitive function. So finding products that would address these symptoms was what I was after and understanding why someone around this time told me, well, there's this app called strain print that you can actually log your experience. And they have all the chemical profiles of what's in the plant behind the scenes. So you can actually learn what's working for you and why, and you, you know, list your symptoms and then you rate your experience 20 minutes later, an hour later, so that you can figure out, oh, well, Blue Dream from Canna Farms worked really good for my anxiety, but it didn't touch my pain. But Blue Dream, same name from Haven Street, really didn't help at all with the anxiety and depression, but my pain's better. How can the same name be totally different results and different times of day and things like that. So you learn by journaling what's working and it gives you after so many things, Hey, you noticed a great improvement with strains high in limonene for your cognitive function or, Hey, your pain was really managed well with this strain because it was high in mercine, but you absolutely hated how it made you feel. So it was it's trial and error. There's no magic solution for cannabis. There's no magic. Um, you just smoke a joint and you're cured. It's not how it works. And I was willing 
to continue trying these different products and willing to try this app because the app was super easy. And one of the things I struggle with with the brain injury is tech. <laughs> okay, anything That's tech, really anything um, number related, anything that requires working memory. So improving my working memory is always the goal to be able to multitask, if you will, as a fancy working memory is just a fancy word for multitasking, being able to talk and, and actually chew gum. And as you talk about it, I'm thinking the stuff you used to do before the injury, mm-hmm. right? Basically yeah. the way, the way you used to think yeah. and the way they would function before the injury. Yes. Yes. And so I began to find hope in this plant. Like it's really not propaganda. It's really not BS. There's actual benefit to this. So then I started attending events and then I started meeting other people. And then I hear, oh, the endocannabinoid system. I'm like, endocannabinoid what? And I was like, endocannabinoid system. Um, I'm a nurse. I'm a healthcare professional. There's no such thing. You must be mistaken. That's got to be a Canadian thing. And then it's like, they laughed at me and thought it was the funniest thing. No, we really have a system in our body. I'm like, look, man, I did nursing school. I went over the systems of the body. You are full of doo-doo and maybe it's the stuff you're smoking because we do not have something like that. And then when I actually started doing research on it and started learning about it and understanding it, I'm like, this is responsible for our total balance, for our total homeostasis. It's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing. How can that be that we aren't educated on this as nurses, as doctors, as healthcare providers, as school teachers, as cops, you know, like these are all real things that we need to break it down. And people do not know what they don't know. And I'm the first one to admit my opinion of cannabis has 180 degree changed. If you would have told me your kid was taking cannabis for seizures, you know, uh, having an epilepsy problem or whatever, I would have called child protective services. And that would have been the last time you would have seen your kid because I was so like, there's you, something you bought into the, you bought into the, you bought into the propaganda, the stigma, basically. And a lot of people have, that's why, yeah. that's why, that's why the stigma is so thick now. You know, right. I mean? it's like a lot of people masses and it's been, it's been a little over a century. So it's like, that's a good amount of time to get generational change. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And so once Canada like became my second home away from home, I literally would come home without medicine because you can't travel from Canada to the U S where I live in Buffalo. I'm 15 minutes from the border between Canada and the U S. So it's literally like crossing a state line, except with border patrol people. And, uh, it was crazy because I would like cry when I would have to go home. I mean, I was like able to play Scrabble, Miguel. I was able to do basic math. I was able to go out and socialize with people and learn about the plant. And then I would have to come home and none of this was the same. Like then that headache just took over my life again. That anxiety, that depression, the inability to function would just come right back as soon as the cannabis wears off. And because I smoke my medicine, I have like two hours Yeah, I have like two hours of panacea and then you're right back to your baseline. So it was so crappy, but I literally had hope for the first time. I literally 
you know, and then I would tell my workers comp doctors about cannabis and how it helped me. And they're like, yeah, no, you're a drug seeker and this is going in your file and it's not legal. And if you're smoking it, that's for sure not medicinal. And I was like, no, you don't understand. Like, look at me now, but then I'd show them pictures of me in Canada. Look at me. I'm smiling. (laughs) This is big. This is huge. Like, why aren't we talking about this more? And then finally, at the end of 2018, chronic pain became approved in New York. So then I was able to get a medical marijuana card in New York, but we didn't have any flower. Okay. So as I shared with you before, what was the state's reason for not having flower? Because our governor at the time, Governor Cuomo, absolutely hated cannabis, hated the smell, hated, didn't believe it was medicinal unless it was, you know, sure, he saw stories about medicine and tinctures curing kids with seizures, but that's, that's all he was going to approve. Like, okay. otherwise people were just going to get high. And so can I just ask you something? Why is euphoria a bad side effect? <laughs> you know especially, when it comes, especially when it comes to the medicinal benefits exactly so you know i literally was so frustrated with our medical program but i continued to maintain in canada but what's crazy miguel is i actually got my new york state workers compensation to pay for my medical cannabis here in new york state right on. that was pretty much a earthquake kind of moment because Nobody in New York state had gotten medical cannabis approved, or if they had, it had gotten rescinded because of its federal status, the workers' compensation carriers, the insurance companies always hide behind a schedule one, no medicinal value. We're not paying for it. So I was on so many different pharmaceuticals and the the judge literally said, well, I'm pretty sure Hartford insurance company that. Miss Lolly has exhausted all therapeutic options, and this appears to be the only one that doesn't put her into anaphylaxis. We're going to pay for that. And so, again, it went back and forth three different times, but at the end of the day, I did get it approved and they would reimburse my medical cannabis. I'm settled from workers' comp now, so they don't cover it anymore. But that was a huge win. That was like huge. I mean, there's lots of celebrity brands, there's lots of different people who fight for change and change happens. But for a little girl from Buffalo, New York, that had a brain injury working as a nurse who got the big, bad insurance companies to pay for medical cannabis, that was a huge win. That is big. That is, really big. <laughs> that that is cool because you know what? That That's something that that I think a lot of people run into. It's like, well, we're not going to touch it because it's still federally on the schedule one. And that's their, that's their, that's their reason, you know, and that it's, I'm very glad and very happy that you ran into some brave people and some bold people. That's cool. Because that's, because that's really what I mean. I mean, think about it. It's like, they could have said that same person say that, excuse me, that same person could have said the same thing. No, it's a schedule one drug. Well, like, they did at first, but, but, but you know what I mean? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. The the judge fought it, said absolutely not. We have to cover this. You know, this is her medicine, and so that was a huge win. Um, but then I still was going back and forth to Canada. My life was really improving. Like things were just really rocking and rolling. I was getting so many contacts in Canada that wanted me to be like 
a brand ambassador kind of person for them and, you know, help spread the word because I mean, it changed my life, Miguel. I mean, it was just this whole huge thing. And I don't exactly look like a stoner. So people tend to listen to me because of, you know, the little, you don't have you don't have the the stereotypical image of somebody that uses marijuana the stigma (laughs) you don't have the stigma image you could call the stigma image you know what i mean yeah right and so you know i was doing really really cool until the pandemic hit then the pandemic hit when 2020 march 16 came there went my medical cannabis refugee spot in Canada. I had not shared my story much up until that point. Um, but now I was like, what am I going to do for medicine? Where's my hope? How am I going to get back to Canada? Like and that was because Canada was not letting you in, right? They had closed correct, the borders. Correct. They closed the borders for 18 months. And I mean, I had, at this point, I had a storage unit in Niagara Falls, Ontario with all my medicine, all organized and labeled <laughs> because I had this great app that told me what to buy. And I mean, I have so much cannabis at that time because, you know, until you use it, you really don't know what works, but then having this backend data really helped me understand it. So then I would always, you know, go crazy and buy all the (laughs) products that worked. Right. So long story short, when the COVID hit and the border was closed, I then had to learn what our illicit market was here in New York state. (laughs) Um, Most people go illicit to legal. I went totally the opposite. I went legal to illicit, meaning I now had to find Bubba down the street and see what he had in his pouch that maybe would work for me medicinally. And I didn't like that. I didn't like feeling like I'm doing something wrong. At least in Canada, the stuff came to the house. It, you know, not my house, but my friend's yeah. house. And and you didn't feel dirty. You didn't feel wrong. But now I'm like meeting people in cars and like doing transactions. And, you know, it just made it so like I just wanted to go to a pharmacy. I just, you know, the dispensary didn't have ground flour. So now I'm like, well, what do could, I do? So Oh, sorry. That's right. Now, you Because you were, because, oh, he's, I'm trying to think you were able to access flower. How long ago? From so, the, the story. Um, you like said that I they, was did, using, they did the edibles in New York. They did edibles, oils, tinctures, and you, which don't, which don't work very well for you. Don't work at all. Um, but, 2019, we ended up getting ground flower, but we didn't actually get whole flower until the end of 2021, I want to say like, so they would give you for $95 an eighth, a ground bunch of grass, a bunch of grass that had had $95 an eighth. I mean, completely unaffordable, but they won't give you a terpene profile. So we have 10 registered organizations in the state of New York. Of those 10 registered organizations, there's 38 actual dispensaries through the entire state of however many people we have here in New York State. And that is not a lot (laughs) at all. And these 10 registered organizations were under very strict guidance as to what products they could provide. But 
they also considered their ingredient list proprietary. So I could not get a COA certificate of analysis test report on the products I'm purchasing at the dispensary for $95 an eighth. I could not get that information of how I had learned to buy cannabis and use cannabis in Canada was totally based on, you know, terpene profiles and things like that. <laughs> um, and so I truly can't understand why a manufacturer would insist on doing that, you know, on making it so difficult for patients to access what ingredients are in their products so that they learn what works for them. And for me, that's how I knew what worked for me. So, so I'm sorry. Yeah. Cause I, I heard you talking about it earlier when you said, yeah, it was the, and I'm, I'm, I might, I might say this wrong, the limonene terpene. Cause you were, you were going, we didn't, we never said the word terpene, but you were going over the, the, the different, you were not using indica and sativa in hybrid. You were using, terpene names limonene myrcene so i was going to ask you because because that is that is where there, there's there's different camps you know what i mean there's different camps in this cannabis industry i understand you know there's there's folks that have like the sativa indica and the hybrid for marketing and then there's people like no 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 it's not actually nothing to do with that it's all about the terpenes and 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 that's why i brought that up because so i heard you say that earlier and uh i want to ask you where did you go to get your education on that stuff? I mean, did you just find stuff online or, or where were you looking? So I listened to a lot of true experts online. Um, one of my most favorite references is Ruth Fisher. Uh, she's a PhD in California. She wrote this book called The Medical Cannabis Primer. It taught me, it's the first book I've been able to read since I had a brain injury. And it taught me so much about the basics of cannabis. I mean, it's, it gets more deep than just a yes. simple um, overview, but terpenes for me are where it's at. Like terpenes basically are the chemical component that's in the plant that is responsible for its medicinal effects. In many cases, it's not about the CBD and the THC percent. If you're shopping for cannabis based on how high the THC percent is, you are missing out on 90% of that plant because but that's the way a lot of it's marketed. Right. I mean, even at, the dispensaries, even, at, even at medical dispensaries, that's yes. still the way a lot of them are marketed. Again, people don't know what they don't know. And so I'm out here trying to educate the masses and change that dialogue and change. And it's not that. easy. It's not easy. No, because I'll go head to head with a legacy grower saying, you don't need to know what's in it. Uh, you just know I grew it organically. That's all that matters. No, dude, that isn't all that matters. And it's it's my secret Scooby-Dooby strain. Well, that's great. It's your secret Scooby-Dooby strain, but it's not working for me. <laughs> and I don't. I can't tell you why it's not working if I don't know what's in it to be able to understand why it's not working. You know, and yeah. It's a real thing. We need to stop focusing on strain names and look at chemical profiles of the plant. And that's my biggest passion. Um, so that's cool. on that, you know. Yeah, no, I get it. Well, I heard you say that. And, and, and I, but I didn't want to interrupt because sometimes here's what I'm running into, Nikki, is my family and friends, we interrupt each other all the time. You know what I mean? We'll just do it. 
but I don't want to do it on guests um, that I have on the podcast. And then I, so I have a thought and then we, and then I'm talking and then I try to circle back to that original idea from minutes ago or however many minutes ago. And I was like, Oh, it ain't there. <laughs> but that was one that, that was one that, uh, that I definitely recalled. And, and I wanted to ask you about that. The other thing I want to ask you about is what did you do for your neck? Like, did you, did you treat your neck? How did you get your neck treated? So it was a true whiplash injury when I was hurt. And I went and found this doctor. His name is Dr. Scott Rosa. He's in like Latham, New York, kind of um, outside the city, Monticello, New York. Um, and he's like a world-renowned expert on cervical instability. The only cure for my neck is to either A, get um, $150,000 surgery, with a cervical fusion of my top two bones in my neck, Jeez. which will mean I can't even move my neck. So that is not an option. Me. That's really not an option. <laughs> no. um, and the other option is stem cell, uh, rebuilding those ligaments with stem cells. So my ligaments are torn and damaged. So that that's why okay. my head, that's why my head doesn't ever stop hurting okay. because it's constantly unstable. And so it's sort of like, ah, so the discs are, the discs are still in alignment. But the, yeah. but the ligaments, the ligaments are damaged. And so they can't hold up the proper adjustment, if you will. Okay. Like, no, I get that. Yeah. Yeah. So, but that took 18 months to figure out, you know, nobody wow. even looked at my neck, which is insane. I mean, it's. Yeah. Well, the reason, because when you said your neck and you're like, yeah, that, that's where the pain, that's why I have the headache. I was like thinking, cause there's a, we see a, it's a Atlas orthogonal or upper cervical, same thing, basically. Mm -hmm. and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they don't use any manual manipulation. Yeah. They use they use x-rays and geometry yes. and sound wave to put your disc back into position. And that's what I thought. I wanted to share that with you, but it doesn't sound like it would really apply because it's not really an alignment issue. It's a, it's a stability and ligament issue, right? Yes, but you're right on that kind of chiropractor would be the kind to see. And that's We're, actually how I found out. Okay. So Scott Rosa is, I think that Atlas or whatever. Orthogonal. Yeah. 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 Atlas <laughs> orthogonal, yeah. yeah. Um, but he handles a lot of football players and a lot of celebrities. And he actually, he adjusted me, you know, based on that whole methodology. Um, but it didn't hold. It doesn't hold because my ligaments just like pull it right out of alignment. <sighs> So, right. hold on, hold on. We're gonna we're gonna transition to a part three. You can come back later. This is the Conversation Cannabis Christianity Podcast. Nikki Lolly, Nikki and the Plant. Love ya. <laughs>